a European special in this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Yes, two Welsh teams in quarter-final action in the European Challenge Cup. We'll look at the Scarlet's trip to Toulon and the special challenges that'll involve closely, including an unlikely source of inspiration for head coach Glenn Delaney. But we'll start with the Dragons' trip to Bristol, who, of course, are flying high in the English Premiership. Dragons director of rugby Dean Ryan used to play for Bristol and played alongside current Bristol coach Pat Lamb at Newcastle. There's another contrast. Bristol have been pretty busy as the English season builds to the end, while Ryan's Dragons have had those two Welsh derbies as preparation. I think everybody's in a strange place. I don't think I've ever played a competitive knockout game three games into a season, and I'm sure Pat's looking at it off the back of seven or eight. So very mixed preparation. And we took a decision quite early, you know, with three weeks between our last regional game into this, it was probably better off trying to ensure we got the right 15 on the field and we internally could cope with as much preparation as we could, as well as not making those two games just about Bristol because as a squad, we've got to keep developing. We've got to keep creating opportunities for some of our youngsters. And we're here now, but week before, we're happy that we're selecting from full strength. We might be gambling on some given the lack of rugby, but we also got some players that we think can do some different things. So uh, I don't want to be caught wondering on Saturday morning about what I might have done. I'd rather go into a knockout game and give it a good go. We've got to throw everything at it. So definitely there's some rolling in the dice by myself when we look at selection. Definitely I've tried to be as transparent as I can and, and ensure that people still understand that their development is key. But at the same time, we want to go and we want to give it a go. And uh, I'd rather be wrong than sit in with what ifs. And I think that's the space that we want to be at. We want to give it a good crack and we'll have to live with the outcomes. You've been in the Dragons now a couple of years, Dean. You're in the Champions Cup next season. In terms of an achievement from where the Dragons were, how would you rate that in your career? I'm very proud of the players. I think, you know, the challenge coming to the Dragons is probably the first time it's only about development. It's very little impacted on recruitment. I know we've got two or three high profile, but, you know, in England, going into the sides very much strategically about changing that side is about recruiting and you look at Bristol's progress. The Dragons is about development. It's about making people who are here better. It's a different challenge. The first time really I'm forced to coach and really make coaching the paramount to people's success. And that's what makes me proud of how the players have responded. We are, uh, or we have, uh, you know, a low amount of resources. We get impacted when best players are away. We've got a lot of youngsters in very early. So to do that through, you know, it's almost like navigating through a storm in the Pro 14 is trying to keep development, keep progress, getting some dents, getting some bruises, learning from them, going back again. I'm very proud of how the players have come through the other end and, you know, we're definitely not out of the woods because you go into the next step and we're definitely going to get some bruises across our Champions Cup. And, you know, there's a Pro 14 fixtures yet to come, but, you know, there's some serious teams in there. So is navigating that, keep people getting better, keep challenging how they learn from experiences is, is good fun. I really do enjoy going back to actually coaching rather than where I probably ended up in the premiership was primarily around how fast we can recruit and how much we can change the side. So 
brilliant challenge. Just looking at the record of the Dragons in the quarterfinals, you've never actually lost a European quarterfinal. Is that a nice statistic to hear or does it put a bit of pressure on you? Oh, it definitely doesn't put pressure on me. I think somebody told me, was it Stade Francais, Gloucester or something like that? The Dragons have got scalps or something. I can't remember. Somebody was trying to tell me the other day. Oh, it's just great, isn't it? We're definitely looking at right in some of our own. And uh, you know, I think it's games that we talked about with a playing group. Is There's definitely when you take a playing group, you're developing them. It's got a much wider time frame. We might say where we want to be in a year or we want to be in 16 months. Games like this are where we want to be now. And if you're able to get them, they do stick and you do always operate from that as a platform. That's always the benchmark of what you achieve. So we've definitely got to, at some stage, take some of these games. We've got to be successful in them. And uh, as I say, is our excitement for this and future Champions Cup fixtures is enormous. And one of the players who's pretty excited is Wales back rower Aaron Wainwright. Been a long time off. Come back. Two, uh, two games against Scarlets and the Ospreys with a mixed set of teams, but both um, strong performances. But yeah, looking forward to the challenge. Um, had a, a week off, really excited and looking forward to it. To the challenge of knockout rugby, you've, you've experienced knockout rugby in a World Cup, not in club rugby. So what's, what's the difference? Yeah, I haven't experienced it for club yet, but it'll be a, a good experience, I, I hope. Hopefully pretty similar to what we've had in the group stages so far progressing through from there so hopefully more of the same but yeah it'd be a good experience for the rest of the squad as well hopefully bring us tighter for the rest of the season obviously if we do get a good result then pushing forward into the rest of the competition and just building confidence how are you sort of feeling because on the bench at the liberty and then start so the competition for your place and also how you are feeling physically after the break physically feeling fine obviously we've always had a strong set of competition in the back row here at the dragons I think a lot of the boys have played well in the, in the chances that they've had. And whatever team goes out against Bristol, I'm sure will compete well uh, and will put a good performance in. It was a very, very busy year for you, wasn't it? So did you feel a bit like you're running towards empty at any stage? And how has the break been for you? Yeah, I thought the, the break did come at a good time for me. I was not struggling, but I wasn't playing my best rugby after coming back from the World Cup. Played in the, in the Six Nations, but I don't think that was my, my best rugby. So I think the break's done me a bit of good, given the body a bit of time to recover. And feeling full of energy now, really excited to get back out playing. Full of energy for the Ospreys game and for the Scarlets. But yeah, really looking forward to, to the season ahead. I guess you'll need that energy because Bristol, they, they do like to go coast to coast. They're, as a back rower, they are going to stretch you boys as a unit, aren't they? Yeah, and that's something we looked at. Dean's been saying with high risk comes high reward but then there's going to be a lot of places in their game that we can pick up on and look to utilize and disrupt their game plan so that's something we'll be looking to do. I mean normally at this stage it's a team playing home in the quarterfinals reward for what they've done in the group. Does the fact that um, Ashton Gate's not going to be rocking and rolling give the Dragons a, a bit of advantage and so how have you found it without fans? Uh, yeah possibly. I personally like whatever crowd's there, a bit of noise. It's been very strange not having a crowd. But then I guess that makes it more of an onus on us as players to create our own atmosphere when we're on the pitch. And I think when we're in training, we've got that buzz about us at the moment and we're bringing that to the games ourselves. So if we can do that, possibly could be an advantage to us with them not having a home crowd. Dean was also very uh, much focusing on Champions Cup rugby next year. I mean, this is probably a foretaste of that. How much of the group looking forward to being at the high table next year? 
yeah really looking forward to it and um like you said this will be a, a good test for us um ready for that coming up but yeah everyone's really looking forward to champions cup rugby going away and home to some big teams testing ourselves that's going to be a great challenge for us coming next season given the rapid rise you've had you've played in world cup knockout stages i suppose from bristol's point of view you're the sort of player that they'll be targeting have you found that sort of no longer being an unknown quantity and sort of being a player that maybe teams are trying to figure out and, and work out I hope they're not targeting me, but um, if they are, just hopefully try and stick to my normal game, do what do what I do well. Like I said, just try and get one up on my opposition number and hopefully that'll help the team then. Those little wins will, will help us for the rest of the game. Given the sort of rapid rise you had last year, the, the sort of term second season syndrome is often thrown around in sport. I mean, in terms of a second season syndrome for you, it's the performances have been there, but it, it's been a surreal one, hasn't it? Obviously, new Wales coaches, then lockdown, which you've never predicted, and now you've got a European quarterfinal in late in September. It's, it's probably been quite surreal, hasn't it, this follow-up season? Yeah, definitely. Um, had a bit of time off, though, to reflect, cover a little bit. But yeah, everyone's back now. Lots of high energy in training. Head down, focus on the game, and hopefully get a, a good win. Now we've got this, and we've got the Autumn Series recently announced. For the Dragons and then for Wales, are you, are you really looking forward to this two-month period? Yeah, definitely. I don't see why I wouldn't be looking forward to it. Every opportunity I get given, I'm trying to take it with both hands. Even though I'm saying I was not playing my best rugby doesn't mean I wasn't trying to play my best rugby. This just wasn't happening for me at, at that time. But yeah, the time off has done me a lot of good. A lot of energy now coming back. Looking forward to the, to the next two months and obviously focusing on the, on the Dragons first and foremost, and then anything that comes after that is an added bonus for me. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. The Scarlets have a trip to Toulon, one which in this world of coronavirus has quite a few extra complications. Head coach Glenn Delaney explained more about their plans and preparation an individual training week and then we've had effectively a two-week build into the Toulon game so I think the interesting thing was we'd come off a nine-week stint so whilst we're disappointed we didn't get a chance to go to a semi-final it was a little bit out of our hands anyway but you know we've done nine weeks of hard work and the lads were able to get off and regenerate spend time with the families and then we've had a, a good week last week and then uh, you know we're halfway through this week already so um, yeah lots going on. What do you think the weekend's going to be like, Glenn, in terms of keeping the players mentally sharp? Because you've got a tricky weekend, haven't you? You've got to go out to France, you've got to be staying in a bubble for a game that's kicking off a quarter past nine French team. What are the challenges with that? Oh, you did, right. And, and I think that's probably the big one. It's, it's so different. So Friday we're travelling and it's a charter flight. So we're closed off pretty much. Not, don't go through the airport. So it's all very different in terms of the isolation. But pretty much once we, um, we get in our cars from home, we're actually isolated from that moment on because we drive to the airport, get, stay in our bubble, go to our plane, get on our bus in Toulon, go to our hotel, and we're not allowed to leave. So we can't leave the hotel. So it's, um, you're dead right with the challenge there. So you know, look, we've got some, uh, some things planned, and there'll be some hijinks, no doubt, and uh, a bit of fun. We're aiming to enjoy ourselves because we certainly find with our group, the more we enjoy ourselves, the freer we play. And uh, what we want is to have 15 guys on the field Saturday evening in, in France, really free and able to express themselves because I think that's, that's when we're at our best. So, you know, our job is, is to make sure that that time in the hotel is the best time in a hotel I've ever spent. Well, you can't really go anywhere. It, no, it, it's, it's, you know, rugby players can get bored quite easily, I would imagine. So what what oh, special yeah. plans have you got? 
Well, look, I'm, for my sins, uh, I've been a Nottingham Forest fan uh, all my time in the UK. And um, Brian Clough did some wonderful things in 79-80 on the European jaunts. And he made a point of finding a way to occupy the players' minds on a Friday night. Now, the way he did it and the way we'll do it are very different. Um, <laughs> significantly different. But it worked for him. So the principle's right. I think the, uh, the method and the technique will be quite different. So, yeah, we're going to put some, some things in, in play because the key thing we don't want is guys sitting on their beds just in isolation, having a snooze, just being really sort of unalert. So we, we've got some strategies in place to raise the levels of alertness and get the brain functioning at certain points during the day. Friday night, we'll probably have a, uh, an enjoyable social time. We'll get over there and do a little captain's run, just get them freshed up. Friday will probably take care of itself. It's pretty much Saturday where they've got to get up, they've got to eat at the right times, and we've got all that marked out. But you know, during that, uh, that Saturday period, there's going to be a, a few little activities that will get them all out together as a group and just sort of freshen them up because you want to replicate as much as they do on a home game as you can. So if they get up and have breakfast or go for a coffee or in the garden, sit in the sun or or whatever they do, then that's what we've got to try and replicate. So the opportunity to lie in bed all day is something that we don't really want to take. Do you share any attributes with Mr. Clough? A love of Nottingham Forest. (laughs) 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 He was a master craftsman at at dealing with people and, uh, you know, I read a lot about him and, uh, met him once a long time ago now, but uh, he was at the back end of uh, of his days. But um, look, he, the stories are legendary. And, and one of the lads who used to work for him as a groundsman came and worked with me. And one of my first jobs, he told a lot of the stories about, you know, the way he would train and putting distractions and constraints training in play, which wasn't even called that then, but something so simple as the groundsman brings his dog to training and uh, Cluffy makes the dog run around the player's training and says, if anyone hits all, you're sacked. Just built pressure on skill, but he was a master at, uh, at getting his players to, to be in the right place to perform. Glenn, Toulon's quite a bare pit atmosphere. Do you think this will be maybe a little bit easier playing there than it was earlier in the year for you, given everything? Well, full house there is one of the best places to play rugby in the world. So you've got two things that start and finish a game. You've got the pillu-pillu, which go, will, will always happen. And at the end, there's the potential that papers get thrown in the air. And you want to make sure that the last one doesn't happen because that means you've done your job. So there's 5,000, I believe, going to be allowed in, and they're still making a lot of noise. So we've seen the the game from the weekend against Lyon, and there's always a huge degree of intimidation from the crowd, from their officials, from their bench. It's a very emotive, passionate place, and that's part of the theatre of the game, which is it's just different to how we do it. We don't we don't operate that way, but that's them. So you just got to embrace that and take it on, and um, they'll be the the typical too long crowd. It will be there'll be a few less of them, but they'll still be the same. Well, scrum half Gareth Davis will be one of their key players, of course. We've had two weeks of prep for this game, so um, we had a good week last week and we're looking forward to the massive challenge ahead on the weekend against Toulon. You had 40 minutes yourself from the first game you came off. Everything OK with you? Yeah, I got a bang on my bum, so I basically had a dead bum, so it was a bit frustrating from my point of view. But um, yeah, it took a week or so to get it back firing, but now it's, uh, it's good to go. Any banter from the boys on that? Oh, yeah, there's plenty of banter, yeah, but I can't say too much on you. It's going to be a, a strange Saturday for you in terms of arriving out there and being in a hotel all day and for a quarter past nine kickoff like that. You've obviously had experience of that before with Wales and been out in France, but you can't leave the hotel this time. How do you think you players are going to cope? It's going to be a long day, isn't it? Um, you know, I'm sure we'll have a bit of a lie-in and um, probably take our PlayStations with us or uh, play PlayStation for a couple of hours, a couple of games of cards, probably have a nap in the afternoon and then... Uh, Switch on then late afternoon and get ready for kickoff. Do you enjoy those late kickoffs in France personally? I don't mind them. I prefer a nice early kickoff to be honest. Half past two on a on a Saturday afternoon is my 
perfect kickoff time to be honest but uh, you know it's just something that we got to deal with and uh, adapt and yeah it's just a bit of a longer day but as soon as um, we come down you know two three hours before kickoff we'll just be switching on and uh, we'll go from there then yeah. Milan have been very physical you've played them tw- sort of twice within the season what are you expecting from them this time around? Big massive men physicality is going to be massive so um, big part to play there you know Defensively, our forwards are hopefully going to match the pack and hopefully put us on the on the front foot. And hopefully, us backs can play a bit of rugby. You might have played against Seran. He's been at ten as well, as well as nine recently. What do you expect from him, and where do you expect him to be playing? Yeah, I'm not sure yet. To be honest, I think he'd probably be back at nine because I think the ten that I missed last week because of concussion or whatever. But I think Balo would probably be back in at ten. So I expect to see uh, Seran playing at nine, and you know he's a uh, one of the best nines in in the world. I'd say you know is game management and the, the way he um, controls the game is world-class. You've had a game or so in the last six months, Gareth. You've got a sort of schedule now. You've got Scarlet's this game and then possibly the new season starting. And you've got an international schedule now. Is that good for the rest of the year? You sort of know where you're going at the moment? Yeah, I haven't looked too much into it, to be honest. Um, I think six games, Wales are playing in the autumn. So uh, we'll see how things go with that. Uh, hopefully I'll get into the squad and uh, have a crack at that. But... Um, you know, I'm just concentrating on Toulon um, on Saturday first. How did you pick up that bang against the Blues exactly? Oh, Ollie Robinson tackled me with his head, basically. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, I spoke to him after the game and he thought he'd swallowed his tongue, his head that hit me that hard. So it was, it was quite a collision. Now, looking at the birthdays, you're now a 30-something, aren't you? Just turned 30 a couple of weeks ago, so I'm in the Dirty 30 club now, yeah. <laughs> you still loving your rugby as much as ever, by the look of it. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, you know, it's a great environment to be in. Yeah, and, you know, we've got a lot of youngsters in the squad, you know, especially in the backs. And I still feel like I'm one of them. So it's quite nice, really. Yeah. How do you reflect personally on the break? Because it's probably the longest you've been without being involved in rugby in 10, 12 years. To be completely honest, I loved every day of it, to be honest. It was nice physically and mentally to have that break. You know, like you said, we haven't had that for. Since I started playing rugby professionally, you know, when I was 18, 19, it's been a big couple of years, you know, I even say since the 2015 World Cup, you know, every year since then has been pretty hectic, you know, so um, it was nice to have that break, I'd probably say mentally more than physically as well. You know, summer tours, Six Nations tournaments and, you know, and obviously with club rugby as well, we've been going pretty well with the Scarlets over the last couple of years, bar last year maybe, but um, yeah, so like I said, yeah, it's been pretty hectic for a good couple of years now and it was nice to just have those couple of months just to switch off mentally and have uh, no stress really yeah what was your day spent do you have particular box sets or do you how do you spend your time <laughs> i kept busy i was down down uh, in pembrokeshire at my girlfriend's house and she got a couple of horses on the farm there so i quite enjoyed spending a bit of time on the farm with the horses and with the dogs every day so it was quite nice so do you ride horses then no <laughs> <laughs> i sat on one but literally, I moved a couple of steps and I just panicked and jumped off. <laughs> Not for me, that. If it goes from one extreme to another, Ghana, because you've had this break and now it's going to be very hectic now, isn't it? Really, sort of, especially if you go through this weekend, it comes a busy old period. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I think uh, we're all excited for it. You know, we've had our break now, we've all come back in for a mini pre season. We've all worked hard and we're in a good place. And I think we've shown in the first two games against the Blues and the Dragons that you know we are playing some good stuff and um, you know we're pretty confident going out to France this weekend and hopefully you know we will have this busy period ahead of us. We know pretty much what to expect from Toulon. They're going to be a big pack. The halfbacks are going to try and control it. Big kicking game. You quite like getting in there and disrupting. Is that going to be a particular focus? Getting in amongst the halfbacks? Yeah, obviously the halfbacks. You know they 
try and control everything and they do kick a lot and uh, they kick well to be fair you know Sarah and, and um, Ballo it's going to be a big part of my game on the weekend to try and put as much pressure as possible on them to try and uh, disrupt that and um, hopefully we'll get some joy from that So some interesting stuff looking forward to the two games involving Welsh teams this weekend plenty more Welsh rugby news next week so keep listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast but until then goodbye and stay safe Thank you.